Entertainment. I'm Mike and I'm Darren and today we are going to be pitching the Spider-Man Homecoming sequel um, This is a brand new show. I've been so excited about Woo! making this show um, So essentially what we're gonna do is pitch ideas uh, Like full-on pitches. I've written a treatment for a homecoming sequel. Darren has written a treatment for a homecoming sequel um, For those who haven't seen Spider-Man Homecoming, it's the latest um, Marvel movie to star Spider-Man. It's the first solo outing for Tom Holland Spider-Man and essentially what we are doing is is pitching ideas for the sequel that will come at the start of Phase 4, which is just after Infinity War Part 2, isn't Indeed. it? Indeed. Rightio. So, of course, we have to decide the order, and we have to decide what's going to happen at the end. So, Darren. Yes? You had an idea. I did. Uh, we're going to do rock, paper, scissors, but it's Pokemon style. Um, when we go one, two, three, we will both shape joyfully a Gen 1 Pokemon, yep. a Gen 1 starter, and whoever has type advantage, they get to choose the running order. Um, because that just feels in keeping with who we are. Yep. Um, right, so we're going to go one, two, two three, three, shoot. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay here we go. One, one, two, three, Squirtle. Damn it. Okay. One, one two, three, Bulbasaur. You win. Boom. You get to go first. Okay. Ooh, I have a choice. Do I go first or go second? Okay, you can have the choice. What do you want to do? I will go... First. Okay, then. So, Darren. Okay. Just so we run through the kind of how we're going to do this, we're both going to pitch the ideas, and then we'll have a, a little bit of a rebuttal session at the end, and then throw it over to you guys to see which one of us you think has done the best job of pitching a sequel for the Spider-Man Homecoming Which, movie. of course, you can let us know over Twitter or Facebook. Go to F-O-U-L-E-N-T on either Twitter or Facebook and let us know who wins this pitch battle. That would be me. Um, to give you the context, oh, we've also got full castings for this. Uh, I have a title. I have a title as well. Fantastic. I hope we haven't got the same title. Oh, God, we probably have. Um, so, um, I'm not going to tell you the title of mine. I'm going to kind of save that for the end. Oh, wait, no, should I open with it? I'm going to open with it. Change the plan. Okay. Okay. Uh, mine is called Spider-Man Graduation. Oh, for fuck's sake. Is yours also called Spider-Man Graduation? We've, we're both pitching Spider-Man Graduation. Oh, for God's wow. sake. Okay. Well, I was Great like, minds homecoming. Think yeah, I was like, yeah. well, I need another American thing. I don't want to call it Spider-Man Sadie Hawkins dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man Winter Festival. Like, exactly. <laughs> so I went with the most logical conclusion, which was a uh, graduation. We're both pitching Spider-Man Graduation then, yeah, This is good. This makes it more intense. Mm. Um, and just for a bit of pre preamble... I have sat on this idea, or at least a version of this idea, for about 10 years. Um, I actually think I probably could have written a cleaner, maybe even more, more coherent idea had I abandoned it. But considering this was my dream project way back when Spider-Man 4 was in the ether, back wow. in the Tobey Maguire days, I felt I'd be doing myself a misservice if I didn't commit this to, to some sort of solid form. Uh, right, so I have a three-act structure all Ooh, lined up. Nice. Buckle in, everybody. Um, By the way, I will be pretty silent throughout this. I'm just going to be taking notes from my rebuttal. If you feel like jumping in at any point, oh, yeah, feel free. I'll join you, but I'll try um, and remain as impartial as possible. Some of my casting choices are nigh on, like, I had a moment of perfect clarity. One of few in my, in my life when I picked one of my cast members, of just a beautiful, shining moment of clarity. It was so good. I am so excited. Act one. Um, we join Spider-Man responding to an Avengers security scanner call. Um, and he says we need to work on that acronym. 
ISS. Um, uh, with Shocker, who's still played by Bo Keen Woodbine, but this time he's in the suit and he's now got long range attacks. He's kind of refined uh, the Shocker tech. Um, he's robbing a fleet of armoured cars. Spidey webs in, quips, and he's able to take care of Shocker relatively easy, but it's clear that something is distracting him. Something is not making him move as fluidly as possible. Uh, but still, he managed to get Shocker and sends him off to prison. Uh, we see Peter back at school, uh, where things aren't going as great for him as they are in his Spider-Man life. He's now kind of being accepted as the hero, the face of crime fighting in um, in New York. But back at school, things aren't you know going great because you know the Spider-Maning is taking a a toll on him. And whereas he had previously been on track to have a great final year of high school and to graduate with a fleet of options for college. Uh, it's it's starting to wear him down a little bit. Not helped uh, by his spider senses, which of course he's going to acquire in the uh, Infinity War uh, movies. They've started to become more and more sensitive to the point that they're really starting to overwhelm him at times. Um, but his science teacher, Dr. Kurt Connors, hey, played nice. by Matthew Reese. Now, you may not have heard of him, but he's from a, a TV show called The Americans, which I think I've told you about before. The basic pitch is it's set in the 80s. It's about these two people that seem to be just travel agents, but twist, they're actually deep cover KGB agents. Oh, that's cool. And you're on their side <laughs> against the Americans. It's great. He plays the dad um, who's called Philip. His wife's called Elizabeth, and it took me till four seasons in to realise they're called Philip and Elizabeth. Ah. Like, that hadn't occurred to that's, me, but still. That's clever. Um, he's really good in that show. He really does play a tortured soul very, that, very well. Who's not playing Lizard, sorry? Uh, so he's called Matthew Reese. He's a Welsh actor, so we actually have the choice of making him uh, Dr. Connors Welsh as hell. Nice. But um, for this, no, he's going to be sticking to the American accent. Um, Peter! <laughs> Sorry. Plus, he's determined to help Peter graduate with good marks. He said he's one of the most talented young minds he has ever seen. Um, Peter's also getting flirty with Michelle, played by uh, Returning Zendaya. Um, although neither of them are admitting to their feelings, really. Uh, this is complicated uh, by an introduction of a new girl to their kind of ac- academic decathlon team. Uh, she introduced herself as H. Um, she's played by Shersha Ronin. Yeah. Ronan, the, the, the one from, who I have to spell out as Sauris. That's one. She's from The Host. She's from Hannah. She's from The Lovely Bones. Um, she's the right type of age. She's about 23. I think she's slightly older than Tom Holland, but can still pull off. Um, Who's, what, what's her character name again? Uh, she introduces herself as H. H. Um, so we have a, where a, this a, is going. We have a scene where she goes, um, I'm H. Michelle goes, I'm MJ. And Ned just goes, I'm N. Uh, <laughs> uh, I will just say at this point, I haven't really scripted this out much, so Ned doesn't play much of a part in this, unfortunately. Okay. But know full well that he would be a big part of this movie just because he's a great character and I would get him in as much as possible. Yeah. Um, so whenever H is in on her Hello Kitty phone, she's kind of flirting with Peter and this is visibly annoying Michelle but she doesn't retaliate because they're not boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, What we then get to see uh, walking into a very lavish mansion is a fresh out of prison kingpin. Ooh, um, nice. Played by returning Vincent D'Onofrio. I'm bringing uh, a little bit of the Netflix stuff into the Spider-Man thing uh, because of course kingpin was originally a Spider-Man villain before he transitioned on to Daredevil. Uh, He walks into the basement of this really lavish house uh, downstairs, he's chairing a meeting of Mafia bosses, um, and we kind of have a, a nice bit of a an all-star team of Mafia bosses from the Spider-Man universe. Uh, we have Black Mariah, back from the Netflix shows, played nice. by Alfie Woodard. I didn't even like that character, but I felt we needed this air for diversity. Yeah. Um, wow. There's the quota. <laughs> Hammerhead, 
played by Ron Muffering Perlman. Oh, that's good. Because he's such a, he looks like Hammerhead. He has an incredibly flat head. <laughs> so this is actually pre-Titanium Skull Hammerhead, but he's still Hammerhead. Um, now the next, there is another there. It's going to be Tombstone. That's interesting. And I had a choice to make here, Maggle. Head was saying pick Common from John Wick 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, um, that'd be a good call. I wanted him a bit younger, but then Hart kind of came through and said, no, Tombstone needs to be big and menacing. So I've gone for Terry Crews. Oh, God. <laughs> He's not going to be playing the usual comedy Terry Crews. This is going to be Terry Crews being terrifying, which we don't see very often, but he's built like a brick shit house. I'm guaranteed he can do that. Yeah. We're not going to put him in whiteface because, of course, Tombstone is an albino. Yeah, um, the, the goth guy, essentially. He's an albino um, African-American, but we're not going to go that route. We're just going to, every hair we can get on Terry Crews' face is going to be whited out. Ooh. Not blonde, white, and he's going to have red eyes. That's so he's cool. he's he is a out there looking dude, but he's not true. I can't put a, a black guy in white face. That's just wrong. So anyway, this is the kind of... Uh, if Gao makes it out of the Defender, she can be there too. Um, and collectively, they decide they need to get rid of the Spider-Man. He's ruining their business interests in New York. So they make a drastic decision, uh, fronted by Kingpin, who's kind of heading this all up. They're going to hire a mercenary group called the Hunters, oh. headed by a man called Craven. Yes, Craven. Played oh, God. by Gerard Butler. Oh, that's good. Right? I love that. He's going to have the Russian accent. But I, I, instead of picking a Russian actor, I thought G- Gerard Butler has been my perfect um, Craven for a while now. Yeah. So, and he doesn't do a lot other than the Olympus has fallen movies. So Craven you can is get Gerard, you can Butler. Book Gerard Butler, and they're going to bring him in to take care of the Spider-Man threat. Uh, Craven arrives alongside his brother Dimitri, um. Um, who's played. <laughs> By Costa Ronin, who's someone else from the Americans. He plays um, Oleg, a member of the KGB that's very much in two minds about his role Oscar in the Oscar Ronin, that's the guy's name. Costa Ronin. Costa Ronin. Coffee Samurai. That's what you need to know. <laughs> Coffee Samurai. Um, There's a villain. I know. That's, wow, that's the one for me. Um, they accept the job. And explain, Craven explains that whilst he used to be a big game hunter, the best paying prey has changed. Um... He also reveals that he will not kill Spider-Man. He will merely capture him for the Mafia and then they can do with him what they want. Um, we then could do him and his team kind of researching Spider-Man, watching videos, watching him, you know, take down... Um, uh, completely what happened in Spider-Man. Uh, taking down the Vulture in the first uh, Homecoming movie. And Dimitri's talking to Craven. They speak in Russian. Um, and he says they took too little money for this job. Um, and he reminds Craven they're basically broke because Craven won't stop giving the money away, basically. Craven just waves him away and said, the people who took that money needed it more than I did. I'm not in this for money. I don't care about anything like that. I'm not in it for the profits. I'm in it just for the hunt. I used to be the best at hunting dangerous animals, but they stopped posing a threat. Now the only thrill he gets, the only challenge he has, is taking down those with powers. So it's kind of implied that he has a history of taking down powered individuals. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, as part of his plan to draw Spider-Man out... Um, and to take kind of a longer look at him, Craven plots a prison break. Uh, on the night of the attack that this is going to go down, uh, Pete, Michelle, Ned and H are on what looks like a double date at a bowling alley, uh, bowling alley, but it's clear that H is only really interested in flirting with Peter. Ned's a little bit heartbroken about this. Um, and she won't stop flirting with Peter. Um, Michelle leaves and gets angry at Peter for not seeing the obvious of what is going on. 
Um, suddenly he gets a massive spike on his spider sense. As I said, this started to like really cripple him. They're just getting more and more sensitive to everything. Massive spike, and he leaves Michelle standing outside this um, place to go and Spider-Man. Uh, he arrives at the prison to see prisoners running free from a collapsed wall. In a previous scene, we see a prison guard just walking around putting the charges on the wall. We don't really know who this prison guard is, but he's putting all the charges down. Uh, and we see a load of prisoners, flo- prisoners flooding out of the prison, including Matt Gargan, played by uh, Michael Mando, who's back as Matt Gargan. Um, Spidey's only able to web a few up um, because his spider senses are torturing him because of all these people running free. Um, and eventually he webs up a few amidst defeat and goes home. Uh, security guard, who the prisoners are just running past, by the way, they're not attacking him. He's watching Spider-Man leave. Um, he kind of walks off, reports to the back of a truck uh, where Craven is inside waiting, and he reveals himself to be Dimitri, disguised using a bit of Chichari tech they got off the black market from the Vulture thing, uh, which allows him to disguise himself. He has this belt on, he pushes a button, and he becomes someone else. The cloaking device, basically. Sweet. Um, you know where this is going. Other people may not. Um, so... Um, Aunt May, seeing that Peter is visibly upset when he arrives home, uh, needles him for answers, but a clearly stressed out Peter just gets angry and starts ranting about how hard his life is, how his school life's going down the toilet, all his confusion about Michelle, all these prisoners run loose, because of course Aunt May knows now he's Spider-Man. Yeah. He's getting really, really stressed. He slams the door in his face, but then he's just so stressed, the spider sense is still going off, he just passes out. Act two. Pete wakes up to find that in the night... Oh boy, four new spider-like arms have now sprouted out of his ribcage. Oh! This is a classic Spider-Man story of him turning into a bit of the man-spider. No, I haven't gone... These aren't like human arms. They're flesh-coloured and they're hairless, but they act like spider legs, basically. They've got a hinge. They're like the ones from the animated show, then. Um, Like Spider-Man Spider who's got six human arms. Yeah, they're not like... No, they're not human arms, they're spider arms. They're more pincery oh, type things. Okay. Yeah, because I thought it's really going to be hard to animate Tom Holland's arm six times. <laughs> so I was like, it actually, wouldn't really thinking about it. But, would not be hard to animate. But carry on. Carry but on. No, I, I felt this was more creatureish for reasons that we'll come to later. So they're more spider legs, but they're flesh coloured and not hairy. Um, oh God! But you've got to. And he starts freaking mm-hmm. out that this is happening, um, but he doesn't want anyone to find out. Obviously, he doesn't want Aunt May to know. He doesn't want Michelle to know. He doesn't want the people in his school to know. He especially doesn't want Tony Stark to know. So he kind of wraps the arms around himself, sellotapes them down, and then puts on a massive puffer jacket, even though it's the middle of June. It's goddamn hot. <laughs> this is going to lead to a bit of a comedy of him kind of trying to hide the changes that are happening to his body. Ah, it's I love it. All a metaphor. <laughs> um, and yeah, so this leads to a bit of a tension break. Um, and we've nowhere left to turn. And his spider sense pain just getting worse and worse and worse. He goes to someone he thinks can help. He reveals his identity to Dr. Connors. Completely forgot to point out, Dr. Connors has both of his arms. Mm-hmm. We'll come to that in a minute. Um, Dr. Connors just smiles at him. He's not free to and said, I always knew you were special. And um, he agrees to help Peter and says he's going to try and figure out a cure for what is happening to Peter. Uh, meanwhile, we see Peter's slight aggression uptick um, start to affect his life as Spider-Man. When he's Spider-Man, he's kind of embracing the arms. He has them punch through the side of the suit, and he's using them, but he's becoming more aggressive. Instead of, you know, webbing people up and leaving them for police, he's throwing them into walls, he's smashing them through doors, he's throwing them off buildings and webbing them at the last minute. And he's not malevolent about it, he's not like cackly emo Spider-Man from number three, but he's clearly starting to become less kid-friendly. Um, Michelle sees this slight more aggression 
take place in school as well. And she tries to ask what's happening. Peter just blows her off, doesn't want to talk to her. Um, but she starts getting, he gets, ugh, he starts getting pushed more towards the devil may care H, who's more accepting of this kind of aggressive uh, nature. Um, we then get, whilst we're having this montage of him kind of beating up these bad guys in a more aggressive manner, we always see someone watching Spider-Man, and it's implied that it's Dimitri, and it is Dimitri. Otherwise, Craven is watching him from afar. Um, in one particular scene, um, a little old lady is walking past as Spider-Man swings out of Dr. Connors' house. Um, Dr. Connors is very close to finishing the cure, um, but they need to test it first. However, before he gets a chance to do that, whilst he's taking out the trash one night, Craven's men grab him. Grab Connors. They grab Connors. They know he's working with Spider-Man. They get hold of him. Um, Matt Gargan is then shown returning to Hammerhead, uh, which revealed that uh, Matt Gargan was kind of a lieutenant in Hammerhead's army. That's what he was meeting with the Vulture for in the first one, was to get tech for Hammerhead's gang um, as kind of one of his you know, uh, right-hand men. Uh, he said he has a blood vendetta against Spider-Man for what all he has done to him, put him in prison, ruining his face, etc. And Hammerhead says he, he's going to help Matt Gargan achieve his true potential. Um, Dimitri's then shown um, interrogating Dr. Connors, um, beating him around a little bit. Craven comes in and kind of admonishes him for this. He says, look, we've almost got our plan together. We didn't need to kidnap an innocent person. This isn't about him. This is about capturing Spider-Man. Oh, so Craven himself doesn't kidnap Connors. It's Craven's no, no, team. Craven's men take him. Okay. Um, Dimitri reveals that Connors has already revealed that he's working on a cure for Spider-Man, uh, but he doesn't know who Spider-Man is. Connors plays it off as, oh, he just turns up at my house. I don't know who he is. He protects Peter's identity. Um, and Dimitri suggests using the cure against Spider-Man because he's seen the more aggressive side of him, thinking we can kind of send him back a few steps. Craven refuses, said, I want Spider-Man, he's absolutely dangerous. Um, no cure, not having it. He's a badass, mm-hmm. I love Craven. Um, Peter is at school, um, and he's just knackered from Spider-Maning all night. He's slumped against a tree in the middle of like, the playing field, asleep. H finds him sleeping, and kind of wakes him up, and tells him that she's kind of into this whole misunderstood shtick. And whilst he's still coming round, she kisses him. Now, Peter kind of rejects her, and says she's getting the wrong signals. And H just replies, oh, playing hard to get, I see. Come back to my house and I'll play a little easier. Um, Suddenly, another massive spike on the spider sense. He freaks out. He leaves another girl standing, uh, this time H. Uh, He confronts what appears to be a criminal just stealing a car and he goes down to confront him when all of a sudden he's ambushed by Craven's men. Um, The battle really involves Craven's men trying to use their weapons to subdue Spider-Man. They're throwing everything at him that they have, but this new aggressive Spider-Man, they weren't really ready for. He's a much more dangerous fighter. Craver's men are getting smashed through walls. They're getting knocked into the air, just utterly destroyed. Um, a shot Craven takes Matt into his own hand and fights Spider-Man hand-to-hand. And he's holding his own. They're fighting up nice. fire escapes and all this stuff. He's only got a goddamn knife, but he's doing all right. Up until Spider-Man sends him flying off the side of a roof in a moment of true rage. Because um, usually you can see he's hurting people, but he's not trying to kill them. This time he just hurls Craven off the roof. Craven lands in a dumpster, and he's just shown to be clearly shocked by the whole thing. Act three. So that's kind of a mid, mid-film action, you see. Yeah. Act three. Um, Peter, having calmed down a little bit and kind of realised what he's done, nearly throwing a man to his death, doesn't know what to do. He's really worried what's happening to him. And he just he sits on a rooftop and he just falls asleep in the middle of this roof, in the middle of somewhere in, in Queens. He just passes out. 
meanwhile, Craven back at the kind of Hammerhead's mansion, which is where we had that first mafia meeting, getting scolded by Kingpin, saying, "You are not worth the money I paid for you." Um, the the room where they previously were having their mafia meeting, there's a lot more lab equipment dotted around. Uh, and whilst Kingman, Kingpin is just berating him, um, Craven just says, Spider-Man is nothing like what we've faced before. He's not like your run-of-the-mill person who's got to be a tech or this is something entirely different. Um, and Kingpin says, right, we're going to have to go to plan B. Hammerhead walks in with Matt Gargan and a beaten-up Kirk Connors. And um, he's, Hammerhead says that Kirk Connors, in the last few days, has been working on turning Spider-Man's DNA, which of course he has, into something more potent. Connors is begging with them, do not use this formula. I don't know what it does. You know, you've threatened my family and I've done this for you, but I'm telling you, please don't use this. Gargan ignores him, picks the shit up and injects himself with it, right? And he said, he's just hysterical laughter saying, I'm going to kill Spider-Man. Um, all of a sudden, uh, basically at this point, Craven makes a swift exit. He doesn't like how things are looking, so he kind of exits stage right. And all of a sudden, Matt Gargan stops laughing and starts screaming his head off, right? Um, now, Kingpin manages to escape into an es- gets into an escape room. He knows that where he is kind of thing. He's been in Hammerhead's mansion before. He gets out, but a lot of Craven's men and Hammerhead are locked in the room with Matt Gargan going through whatever he's going through. Um, Peter wakes up. It's still nighttime. It's like three o'clock in the morning, and he's made up his mind of what he's wanted to do. He's gonna- he phones Michelle. And explains in a voicemail that, you know, he's sorry for everything he's done for her, but he has to go away for a while for something that he'll explain to her one day. Uh, he phones Ned and tells him basically the same thing and lays out his plan. He's going to go to Tony. He's going to say, something is happening to me. You need to lock me away in the Avengers compound until the cure is found because I'm too dangerous now. This is only going to get worse. My, my kind of mute, um, mutation is only going to get worse from this point out. Um... Back at the lab, we rejoin it. There is a trail of destruction everywhere. The place has been fucking trashed. Hammerhead is shown lying on the floor with blood coming from his head. Nice. That's how we're going to get to um, him having the plate put in his head. Um, and Kirk Connors is hiding in a closet when Scorpion rips the door off. In an ideal world, Scorpion would be in a more mech suit. But for the purposes of this story, he's half man, half Scorpion. The mutagens, what he's been injected with, have basically turned... He's given him pincers for hand. He's got the tail. He's got the sting on the end of the tail. But it's still clearly Matt Gargan's face. It's more grotesque, but it's still him. And he's just screaming at Kirk Connors, what have you done to me? Connors is like, look, I I don't know, but I have a cure back at my house for Spider-Man. It might be able to work on you too. Scorpion's having none of it. Connors is like, I'll take you back to my house. Scorpion's having none of it. Rips his arm clean off. Oh, I like that. And leaves. Uh, in the intermediate time, Spider-Man has returned to his house, still in the middle of the night. He's just taken off a few things. He takes off his Avengers, Avengers security scanner, um, and he's kind of taking his, his mask off, but then he gets the biggest Spider-Sense shock of his life. Almost knocks him out. He's so groggy. Something's happening, and he knows where it is. He knows the direction to run. Quickly pulls his mask on. Doesn't get have time to put all of his tech on, but pulls the mask on, flies out the room. Um, we see Scorpion at the Connors household. At this point, I was going to say that he kills um, Connor's daughter and, and mother. Felt a bit too dark for a Spider-Man yeah. homecoming town movie, so I've taken that away. He's searching the house for the cure when Spider-Man turns up, and thus starts the final fight of the movie. Scorpion versus Spider-Man going at each other. Um, Spider-Man's doing okay, and although Scorpion's kind of out of control, Spider-Man manages to web him up and, and get him a bit subdued. 
when all of a sudden he has to dodge a bullet flying over his shoulder. Craven, it turns out, when he made his swift exit from the lab, he went to Kirk Connors' house, which he knew where he was, and he's taken the cure. Um, he says that you two are both monsters. I'm not interested in curing you. I'm going to stop you. He's unloading from his pistol towards Spider-Man, but Spider-Man's having none of it. He's dodging out of the way. Um, he grabs he get, grabs Craven and gets him on the floor, um, and he's about to you know wail the shit out of him when all of a sudden he realizes that Scorpion is getting loose. Um, he throws Craven aside and charges at Scorpion, but gets swept aside by the tail. Um, Scorpion dives on a still firing Craven. Craven's still trying to take him out. Scorpion gets on top of him and he's about to stab him with the tail when Spider-Man jumps in the way and takes it through the shoulder. Damn. Right? Um, now, when Craven got flung to the floor, he kind of threw the cure aside, but now Peter's over him. He's been punctured by Scorpion's tail. Um, Craven has a look of shock and awe on his face that Spider-Man's just basically taken the bullet for him. But immediately coming to his senses, he pulls out a machete and stabs Scorpion in the foot. No, nice. This Scorpion lets go of Spider-Man um, and kind of recoils in, in pain. Craven says, look, you're no monster. A monster wouldn't have just risked their life for me. Let's do this together. Oh! Craven and Spider-Man start fighting Scorpion. It's a true knockdown battle, but they're both struggling. Scorpion's becoming more aware of what he can do, more aware of his powers. And... Um, at one point, we see he's got Spider-Man on the ground. Craven tries to charge him from behind, and Scorpion stabs Craven through the chest, through the heart. Shit! Right? Spider-Man loses it at this point. Peter goes mental, and he's finally able to web Scorpion up and knock him out. He grabs Craven's body and swings off um, to a nearby rooftop. Craven is is done for, and he tells Spider-Man that he's sorry for all he has done to him. I wanted my last hunt to be memorable. Um, oh. He tells he tells Spider-Man where Kurt Connors is and says, you need to go and save him. He's locked in this in Hammerhead's mansion. Go and save him. Um, before telling him, more people like me are going to come for you. They see you as something to be destroyed like I did. Um, but you need to be more than a monster. You need to be more than a superhero. You need to be the best of them all to have any hope it's surviving what is going to come to you because otherwise they will just keep coming craven dies right and we see dimitri who's turned up in a van with a, with some of his crew to kind of haul scorpion into the back of his van scorpion's not dead he's just knocked out and dimitri sees spider-man swing away and obviously later discovers his brother's corpse up there mm. um and puts two and two together yeah um, right, we see Spider-Man walking into Kurt Connors' house, having rescued him uh, from Hammerhead's mansion. Kurt gives him the cure and keeps him in overnight just to make sure nothing like what happened to Scorpion happens to him. The next day, Peter wakes up to find the arms gone. He's back to normal. His spider sense is much more manageable now. He goes back to school and he's told that he's going to have to resit some of his exams to pass. It's not all over for him. He can, he can graduate with good marks. He's just got to resit a few things over the summer. Uh, he bumps into H in the corridor and apologises if she read all the signals wrong and H just says, eh, I got what I wanted and walks off. Um, he then runs up to Michelle in the corridor and she's acting tough. She's more like the Michelle from the first movie. She's back to being that kind of hard-faced person but he pleads with her just to go on a real date just so he can make up for how stupid he's been. She reluctantly agrees and it's kind of like she's still trying to be a hard-ass but when Peter walks away we see that Michelle's pretty happy. Um, right, we need it there, I promise. 
Um, we see Kingpin stewing, um, watching something on a security monitor. Tombstone, he stood behind him and he says, we're now close to getting rid of Spider-Man. We threw Craven at him and nothing happened. We lost Craven. Um, your plan nearly got Hammerhead killed. He's in the hospital having his skull put back together right now. Um, and Kingpin says they fought too small. You know, one man and his small army was not going to be able to take him out. We need to think bigger. And my chameleon has found someone that can make the difference. Um, Dimitri, the comedian, Obviously. walks in uh, and he's flanked by another man that you see in silhouette. We don't really get a look at him. Kingpin asks this man if he wants to be part of a winning team. And the vulture says that he does. Oh, mate. Mm-mm-mm. The camera then turns around to show you what was on the on the security monitor. And it's Scorpion in like a holding cell. He screams at the camera and his eyes are completely whited out. It's clear now that Scorpion, like, Matt Gargan's gone. This is now a monster that they have chained up in the basement somewhere of Hammerhead's mansion. Um, so that's your little uh, Sinister Six setup. So who's your six? Uh, I'll get to that. Okay. Um... I haven't really got a defined lineup, but we'll get there. Um, now, before the credits, I have kind of three post-credit scenes. So are you going before, before mid, yeah, before and mid after. and after? But the kind okay. of kinky ones, a bit of a, what would traditionally be a post-credit scene, but I needed this. Okay. Uh, before the credits, we see Spider-Man sat on a roof, just looking over New York. Without warning, and his spider fence are not triggered. Someone sits next to him. And he's like, right. <laughs> I think um, I know where this is going. Um, the man says that he's been watching um, Spider-Man closely for a while. And the word on the street is that he's had some problems with the Mafia. Um, Spidey says that he has. And he wants to get out there and help catch them all. But um, he can't find his Avengers security scanner anymore. So he's in his way of tracing people. He's kind of gone. Um, he thought he left in his room, but he can't find it anywhere. Um, so he now just waits around on rooftops waiting for something to happen. Daredevil puts his arm around <laughs> Spider-Man and says, I have a few friends who can help. Oh, that's nice. Right, like so that's that. Netflix stuff coming in. Because we need Daredevil and Spider-Man to be together. It's insane to think that Defenders and Spider-Man would be in the same city and not do anything. Yeah. post credit scene one. Um, we're shown Peter's room from the outside at night um, as a figure looks at it from an adjoining rooftop kind of over the street. Uh, the figure pulls out a Hello Kitty phone. Um... Which was, you know, we placed yes. that early in the film. Hey, um, yes. And with a map showing a signal coming from Peter's room, right? This figure jumps across the road in one leap through the open window, right? I think I figured out um, who this is finally. Straight through and picks up the Avengers security scanner um, with a white glove with a bit of fur on the <laughs> top of it. The camera reveals H in black cat garb, smiling as she says, Bye, Felicia. Before oh, jumping back out you. the window. Fuck you with that line. So her name was H because Felicia Hardy. Yes, I get it. And I need to protect my by Felicia joke because that's the entire reason I put Black Cat in this movie. And that's a lie. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I felt we needed something there for the Michelle stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I was originally going to go Gwen, MJ, Peter, Love Triangle, but I thought, yeah. no, we'll save that. Post credit scene two. This one happened at the end of the movie. This is after the, all the credits. This mm-hmm. is your final scene. This is what you send the audience home with. Pete is shown sat on a bench in a busy newsroom. In the background, no! in the background, someone is heard ranting about Spider-Man, calling him a menace to society. <laughs> For fuck's sake, Darren. Robbie Robertson comes out of the room and says, "Look." The editor doesn't have time for an interview right now. Do you, do you now? know who plays Robbie Robertson? Have you cast no, I haven't cast okay, Robbie cool. Robertson. Um, and the editor says, I don't have time for... Uh, the editor doesn't have time to interview for the summer job right now. 
Um, you might want to come back tomorrow. As Pete's kind of heading out the door, a man he's heard, the man that's ranting, he's heard shouting, what's the kid's name? J. Jonah Jameson played, this was my moment of clarity, played by Nick fucking Offerman. Ooh, that's interesting. Rod Swanson as J. Jonah Jameson, the only logical choice I'll point out, shouts, Parker! Because he needs to. Um, And he says, right, you, Parker, you want a job? That's not... J. John, you want a job? Get me a photo, a video, a Snapchat, a Twitter, whatever of Spider-Man, and you've got a job. Pete smiles and says, yes, sir, Mr. Jameson, I've got some ideas. Fate of Black, we done. That is my pitch. Here's the headline, just in case you... you, Yeah, yeah. there's a um, lot to unpack in there. I'll give you my kind of headline of it. Um, As the new face of crime fighting in New York, Spider-Man is starting to get in the way of the Mafia. Fresh out of prison, Wilson Fisk calls a meeting of the heads of organised crime syndicates in New York to decide how to get rid of the spider. They decide to hire the dangerous mercenary hunter clan headed by a man called Craven. Meanwhile, Peter finds his world changing for the better before his gift starts to become a curse. Will he be able to cope with all this pressure just before his final um, days of high school? Just before he's set to finish high school, find out in Spider-Man graduation. graduation. Good man, I liked it. Oh Jesus Christ! I think I probably could have made that narratively a bit more cleaner. Mm. And admittedly, I've now introduced seven new Spider-Man characters. That's a lot of new characters. But I'm pretty good, especially with Nick Offerman, because I sat there for ages going, "It should be J.K. There's, Simmons." There's a lot of similarities between our scripts. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of differences. Fantastic. I'm excited for this one. Okay. Yeah, can I just run through a few of my options for J. Jonah and then I'll pass yeah, it yeah, on? Yeah, sure. Because I ahead. went through a while. Because again... My J. Jonah was, it was down to two straight away okay. and I went with a logical choice. But you carry on. Okay. I was like, it should be J.K. It should be J.K. Simmons every Obviously. until the day he dies. But he's Gary, he's um, Commissioner Gordon now. He's Gary Oldman now. He's Commissioner Gordon now. <laughs> True. He's off the moon. I initially thought of De Niro. Mm, I was that like, would be that could work. Pacino was a slight entered there for a second, but I said no. Tom Selleck, based entirely on the moustache, was in there. It said no. Alec Baldwin, mm, kicked that him around. Nice, yeah, kicked him around for a second. I kind of thought, well, we got a Batman to play Vulture. Could we get George Clooney to play <laughs> to play a kind of? Because now he's got a bit older with a grey yeah, hair and the moustache. You could do. Ron Perlman was going to be my choice. Um, Parker, he's he was got there the for a Parker while, voice. but then, like I said, a mo- an epiphany happened, and I went, "Fuck Ron Swanson, <laughs> fuck he's jo- oh, oh, okay, that well, that's that fucking sorted." But I felt Perman. I still wanted Perman in my thing. I put him as Hammerhead. That's cool. Oh god, that was fun. That was fun. That was tiring. See, but... see what I mean? about this podcast is really good. Oh, like, I've been sitting on this idea for so long, and I'm, I'm so glad we're doing it. I'm excited for this. I really am because Michael's been. Overconfident, ladies and gentlemen. Let's Tiger Woods confidence, you could Tiger say. Tiger Woods level of fucking confidence. We need to change that now. Yeah. Tiger Woods isn't as confident as it used no, to be. No, but I still love the phrase. Well, yeah. yeah. He's Tiger Woods confident a bit. It's Conor it's McGregor confidence. That's it, that's it. McGregor there confidence. Okay. The so, man who will win a boxing match just through being a total oh mad God, bastard. Fucking... <laughs> He's going to pull a shank on him. Oh, God. He ain't going to lose. Right. I've talked for far too long, and I will talk again at the end of this episode yeah. to kind of dissect each it's of It's time for pitches. me to talk to far too long. I'm turn. excited, Darren. Okay, I'm, I am excited to hear what you've come up with, so let no, me have a quick... Uh, okay, sure. Uh, no preamble, Darren. We're going straight into oh, it. Oh, Christ, okay. Let me have a sip We are op- working, man. Okay, you carry on. My movie opens uh, in prison, where you see a bunch of ex-cons, including Adrian Toomes, returning um, Michael Keaton... 
So Vulture's in it in scene one. Okay. They're watching what's going on um, on on TV, um, on the WHIH network, which is in every movie, by the way. Okay. That's an important part of my plot. You have to remember that it's the same network coming right. across everything. So there's banners and footage playing. Thanos is defeated. Avengers save the Earth. Spider-Man saves New York. Captain America MIA. All this information's coming in. Basically, it might help for uh, what happens in Avengers 4. Cap dies, Stark re- retires, Bucky goes into hiding as an undercover Cap. That's your setup. That's what you need. Okay. Um, also, Spider-Man hasn't taken the events of Infinity War very well. That's the setup for that. Okay. So, what happens is Vulture's watching this and he's looking and he's, and he's looking and going, the kid did good. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, and, he, and he's conflicted because, you know, he put him away, but he saved the world. He saved his family. All of a sudden... Shit kicks off outside. Um, at Vulture's bars, Michael Mando returning as the Scorpion. It's like, I called my favour in. My guys from the outside are here. Are you coming? And Toombs is like, I'm getting out of this place, but I'm not coming with you. Like, you are trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, I know what you're doing. They're like, um, so what Gargan's like, so, so my favourite's like, my guy's outside. We've got guys as big as rhinos out here. Yeah. Uh, like that. Yeah. Um, and he's like, so Toombs is like, absolutely no way. Gargan says, one day, the hate and the rage inside you will become too much and you'll want to take the spider down just as much as I do. And when that day comes, you will find me. Deep down, you're no better than me. He goes, angry look from tombs, cut to the logos, title, Spider-Man Graduation. Fade up, upstate New York, Avengers Institute. Peter's getting chauffeured up. Tony Stark, of course, you know who he is, Mm -hmm. is there to meet him at the drive. Hey, holding up, kid. Not great, Mr. Stark. I've been having, what, nightmares? No, much worse than that, Mr. Stark. Uh, so they go inside. Stark's giving Peter a little bit of counselling, saying that because Peter's been having trouble sleeping and reacting, uh, his spider sense is going crazy. See what I mean? Right, okay. This is weird, right? He's, he's like, I'm getting chills all the, all the time. I can't control myself. I'm getting a little bit angry. I don't know what I'm going through, Mr. Stark. And Tony's just explaining that he went through a lot of this stuff before following New York. He said, I actually ran away at one point. I didn't want to face any of this. The climate got cold. Uh, <laughs> good callbacks. So if anything, the actions during Infinity War is what saved Stark's life. Spider-Man takes, you know, takes a serious hit for Stark during the events of, well, my events of Infinity War Part 2, right. which is what forces Stark to retire. He says, you're not the Spider-Kid I recruited in Berlin anymore. You are Spider-Man. And it's like, you're a de facto Avenger right now. And the responsible thing to do will be to tell you to take a break, maybe focus on your studies, get some good grades, and go work in a big glass tower all your life. Maybe I could even swing you a deal for an internship. But you and I know that that's not what you want to do. The world needs a new hero, Peter. And if the world needs a new hero, maybe it's time for a new coat of paint. Stark hits a button on the wall, and Peter's reactor's a bright red light is shining in his face. You cut away from that scene straight away. Uh, Meanwhile, back at the old hideout, Scorpion has kidnapped Tinkerer. And he's like, I know you've got the plans. I know you were building my suit. You do it right now. You get me that suit. We need to take down the Spider-Man. Um, so Tinkerer's got a bunch of stuff. And he's like, I don't have the original parts. Like, the, all the Chitauri tech's gone. Tombs' lot's got locked away by S.H.I.E.L.D. There's nothing we can do. I've only got what I could salvage. And he's like, do it. Put it together or I'll kill you. Uh, Tinker is terrified. And then Gargan's like... I have friends coming for dinner. Okay. It's coming down. I like this. Yeah. 
Um, so at school, Peter's getting ready to start um, graduating. He's entering his final exams. Uh, you've got Peter, Ned, and MJ, who's now dyed her hair red. Uh, Flash oh and Betty Brandt. Uh, and Ned's poking fun at MJ, saying like, oh, you're trying to snag a senior with the new hairdo. And MJ, MJ's just like, ah, you know, sc- sit on this, screw it. Um, at least Peter likes it. Speaking of, why don't you take a picture, Peter, it'll last longer, which is they're taking the mickey out of Peter's new photography hobby because it's calming him, it's giving him something to do, and it's taking his mind off being Spider-Man for a little bit. And he's like, well, since you're getting... MJ says to Peter, since you're getting good with that uh, that uh, camera there, maybe we should just, you know, we're, we're both struggling for money because um, we're trying to get money together to go away to Empire State. Hmm. Um, he's like, I've heard about a photography job opening up. He's like, look, I'm... Look, um, we did go in for an interview, but Betty dropped out because she got a bit intimidated by the guy. He's a bit of a hothead, um, and I, but I think you can handle him. And Peter agrees. Peter says, yeah, I'll go with the interview. But at that moment, he's like, I have to pee. I have to go. Ned's on the phone as he's running down the corridor. Like, what are you doing? He's like, Spider-Sense, got to go. Throws his phone away, webs it to a wall. Um, and then like, slaps, just slips on the mask, taps the ear and goes, Mr. Stark, what? What's going on? I need a drop off. You cut downtown, Mac Gargan's tearing up a police station in the Scorpion suit. Now, my Scorpion suit's a little bit different. Um, it's sort of like part Chitari, mm. part um, stuff that's been used by Thanos, and part shield. So, like, the tip of the stinger is actually... You know Corvall's Glaive has that pike? Yes. The tip of the stinger is the that. Right. Um, he's got, like, this Chitari helmet, which is, like, pulling back at his skin, giving him more defined cheekbones. Right. It's giving him bloodshot eyes. He looks manic. Okay. And he's tearing shit up, going, where's the spider? Like, you get on the phone, call everyone. I want Spider-Man here. It's like, that's not how it works. Stab. He's just killing dudes left, right, nice. and center. Gargan is absolutely insane. Parker swoops down straight through, like, a glass ceiling. And, and he's like, you're not the Spider-Man. Parker gets up, Iron Spider costume. Right. Like, 100% faithful as fuck. I want it red, I want the legs, mm-hmm. I want the white eyes, I want the white spider. It is beautiful. So, he essentially starts going to town on Scorpion, stopping the rampage. Um, but then he's got Gargan pinged up against a wall. He's like, you need a new suit. He's like, do you really think I'd come alone? You just hear, doof, doof. Then Peter goes flying across the room. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm so far up my own asshole with this. So, Alexei Sistovich. Nice. So it's a poomph. Nice hit, Alexei. Rhino. Right. My Rhino is wearing essentially like a prison garb mm-hmm. that he's that he's got like blood marks and like tallies on of how many people he's taken down. Right. Instead of the whole Rhino thing, I've decided that he's got like this headpiece on. Which has got like a rib bone from one of the giant Chitari snakes. Oh. So that's how you're keeping the rhino motif, but he's just like, he looks like a crazy barbarian, essentially. Right. I'm, I'm so in love with that. Um, so rhino's like, he's also got um, concussion blasters, which is stolen shield tech. Sorry, you have a question. He's playing rhino. I've not told you he's playing rhino, have I? No. This is a brilliant uh, bit of casting. I've cast Hathor Bjornsson, the mountain. The mountain? The mountain. Oh, okay. As rhino. I haven't... Is that the first new character I've introduced? I think it is. Yes, it is. Excellent. So anyway, so what he's got attached to his knuckles to give him the proper rhino grit. Yes. It's essentially, you know, uh, Hawkeye's concussion arrows. Yes. Just the tips of those. So he's essentially doing like explosion hits. Nice, nice, nice. It's pretty rad. So Spider-Man's like pretty confident he can take these two down. Mm -hmm. So he's like, 
Is this supposed to be a prison break or escape from the zoo? What am I dealing with here? But as time goes on, it realises the Spidey's sense is really starting to thingy with him. He starts to feel threatened. He's not overpowered, but he's definitely threatened. He's, like, he's never fought two-on-one no. supervillains on his own with nobody backing him mm-hmm. up. This is new. Uh, so his fighting style starts becoming a bit more erratic as he's going back and forth between the scorpion and the rhino, scorpion and the rhino like that. So it's starting to tear him down. It culminates in Spider-Man forgetting his better judgment as he gets, like, cross-attacked. He uses his brute strength to wound Gargan with his own stinger. He actually, like, pulls it back, rips it round, and goes for a gut shot. Ooh. But as he does it, he's like, oh, God, sorry, sorry. Because right. <laughs> Peter's a, he's a good kid. Yeah. He doesn't want to, like, kill anybody. And then as Rhino sort of is charging at him because he sees that Gargan's been wounded, Peter Webb catapults him up into the air, which is cool. So he uses like, he sends the web behind him, Mm -hmm. grabs him by the back, pulls him forward, round and up. Nice. So he sends Rhino fucking flying. Sweet. It's right, because Peter's a strong kid. Um, So Rhino lands in the middle of the road. There's a massive like crack in the road. The police start coming in and they start trying to collect him up. Gargan is down for the count, really. He's he's starting to fade a little bit. He's like, and the police are coming for. He's like, get me Spider Man. My fight's not finished. I want the spider. Mm-hmm. Peter's sort of like just looked at what he's done. Gargan's bleeding out. Rhino has this this horn that looks like it's starting to seep into his skull a little bit because right. he's cracked him so hard. He's landed on his head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just sort of like he has to swing away. He lets the paramedics and the um, police force deal with it on a roof nearby. He just rips off his masks. Just looks at his hands, disgusted what he's doing. He's like, what's going on? I have no idea what's going on. Go home to Aunt May, who's obviously worried about Peter's sanity and concerned after him into war. She's like, you fought that big purple dude. Something's going on. Like, mm-hmm. are, are, you, are you okay? There's a little quick scene. It's not too big. Um, but, and Peter's like, I'm worried that I won't be able to continue doing this and studying for violence. Like, I can't be a normal kid and a superhero. It's one or the other. And May's like, you're, you're a hero. Ben would be so proud of you. So just, if if you are going to live this double life, do it for him. Mm-hmm. Then you go to another jail cell, like a smaller one. The guards are taking the piss out of Gargan. Like, two of you couldn't take down a Spider-Man. I bet even double, no, triple that couldn't take down the Spider-Man. Like, you are absolutely pathetic. Gargan's like, fuck you. Like, you mm-hmm. are assholes. Like, I will kill the Spider-Man. I will take whatever chance I get to kill Spider-Man. All of a sudden, power goes out. God's like, okay, who's who's done that? And then one of the guards is like, monsters! Mo-, and he, he legs it out the door. And another one's like, oh God, oh God, murderers, monsters! Like, and they're, they're all going. And there's this green mist just rolling in. <laughs> and and Gargan's like... Gargan's starting to have visions as well. So he starts seeing like a Spider-Man with six... Oh, man, I can't believe The man-spider? There's, there's a view of the man-spider. And there's a view of like giant spiders. And he, he's, he's like... But he's a psychopath. That's the right. thing about Gargan. He's intrigued. Okay. So he's got his face rammed up against the bars like, who are you? Can you help me? Mm-hmm. Like, who? Like, tell me who you are. Mysterio walks in. Mm. Now, my version of Mysterio, uh, I'll, I'll come to later on because it's... So, so just imagine just like the silhouette like of the flowing cape, right. his big metal gauntlets and a big dome. And essentially he goes, I can be a saviour or I can be a nightmare. The choice is yours, Gargan. Go back to school. Peter and MJ... Actually, no, it's a light. We're going to the Daily Bugle. Um, so Peter and MJ are going to go to the interviews. They're like, nervous. Yeah, this guy's got a reputation. He, you know, he's he's volatile, but he gets the job done. Like, I'm, I'm confident we'll be fine. You hear a voice. 
How many are out there? Two. Fine, bring them both in. We don't have time. Brings them in. And we get J. Jonah Jameson. Now, he's got his back to him to begin with. Right. The chair's there and he's like, you kids looking for a job? Let me tell you now, there's only one position, so you two are going to have to compete. Spins around. J. Jonah Jameson, played by John Hamm. Ooh. Okay. Mm. Okay, Don Draper. Don Draper. And he's essentially like, I don't take amateurs. Okay. You, bet, you kids better show me some portfolios right now. Sweet. MJ's got like some shots. He's like, too blurry, too artsy, too kiddy. That one's not bad. Then he goes, kid, what's your name? Parker. Parker, show me what you've got. Shows him some shots. He goes, trash, crap. Fetus could do better than this. Who even... And then he's like, what's that picture? It's a picture that Peter's taken of himself in the Iron Spider costume. And he goes, is that the Spider-Man? Like, yeah. He's like, this is good. This is good. This is what we need. See, I need pictures of Spider-Man. If you can bring me more pictures of Spider-Man, I'll give you the job right here, right now. Peter's got like this look in his eye. He goes, Mr. Jameson, if you bring us both on, I'll bring you every picture of Spider-Man I possibly can. He goes, done. Get out. You start tomorrow. Sweet. Um, then he picks up the phone and he goes, we might have everything we need for the new project. So just come down to the office at your, at your earliest convenience. It's Jameson, by the way. J. Jonah. <laughs> phone down. Mm-hmm. Um, so we now go to the wreckage of a crashed uh, ship from the Triskelion. Right. Uh, so, you know, the ones in Winterstall that came the, down. The, yeah, the helicarriers. A wreckage of one of those. Uh, Scorpion and Tinkerer are making modifications to Scorpion's suit and to uh, just Rhino's tending to some wounds as well. In the shadows, Mysterio is giving orders to the Shocker. He's like, look, I need you. And bear in mind, this is still the in full in costume Mysterio in the shadows. So you don't get to see everything. Mm-hmm. But there is like this white hot glaze where his head is. Right. So, by the way, I didn't mention it's not a dome, by the way. It's like, um, imagine like a big white fire, but it's like smoky. Okay. So it, it, I'll come to it later. Right. Um, and he's like, so go and raise hell. We need you for part of a very important operation. Um, Scorpion is really sceptical, wondering why Mysterio doesn't go and fire it from himself. Shocker's like, yes, what, he's some kind of coward? Mysterio's orb glows brighter. He's like, I'm not a coward. We need to be smart. Like, we are focused on gathering some supplies. We've got a show to put on. Go out there, play your part. I promise this will work. So you cut back to school. Uh, Peter and Ned are about to take the finals. They're talking about the future. They're like, are we going to get into Empire State? Flash is like, there's no way I'm going to go to some pansy-ass college. I'm going to go apply for the military. Uh, but obviously I'm going to be the intelligence because I'm the smartest man alive. And MJ's like, so you want to go and work for somebody like Tony Stark, who's basically a war criminal, gotten away with murder because he flew one bomb into space. Peter's like, when the hell did this... What are you saying? Um... And she says, like, heroes are just assholes in spandex, beating up desperate people anyway. They're not all good, especially not Spider-Man. Peter and Ned are like, what the fuck? So they sort of, like, leave the room. Mm-hmm. They go up onto the roof, and Ned's like, I want to see the new armour. He's like, I'm bringing it in. So you go up to the roof. Ned is like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. You go, watch, you get the legs, and he starts strutting around on the back of the legs. He's like, this is the, be- this is the greatest day of my entire life. But then Peter's like, I absolutely have to go, like... There's a notification on the suit. Peter needs to get to the bugle now. Um, back at the bugle, Peter's like, essentially, just let's, that's not a call from an Avenger, by the way. That's like, 
he started using the suits for like a like a smartphone. Right. So like he's got like his music in there um. and like a bunch of other stuff. So he's, he needs to go to the bugle. He's late. Okay. Go to the bugle. Peter barges on a meeting between Jane John and Jameson and a major investor. Jonah gives the whole classic, Parker, what are you doing? Get out of the office. And the guy's like, no, 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 it's absolutely fine. I was just on my way out anyway. It's a pleasure to meet you, Peter. My name is Randolph Hines. It's nice to meet you. I'm an investor in the bugle. It will all become relevant okay. later. Um, but Randolph Hines, by the way, is played by Hugh Laurie. Um, okay. He's going he's gonna to be a fun character, let me tell you that. Uh, Randolph Hines essentially is a media mogul who's interested in branching out Hines Enterprises. He's buying up some media stuff and he's developing new ideas and new ways to deliver news and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so basically think of Rupert Murdoch type. Right. Uh, Peters waits outside at the end of the meeting, he snacks a quick selfie of himself to show Ned how he's getting on at the bugle. Uh, him and MJ getting yeah. on the bugle. In the background, this is a very important detail, the, the selfie has both Hugh Laurie and John Hamm in the background. Right. They're both there. It's a very important detail for later on. Um, so Hines takes a leave for a medical appointment uh, and Jonah asks, Pete, asks to see Peter's new shots of Spider-Man. He's like, this new suit is interesting. Like, we've got all what we need. He's like, you see, Spider-Man's a menace. An absolute menace to society, Peter. Peter's like, why is he a hero? Jameson's like, heroes cause destruction the world over and I'm not let to, about to let the Spider-Freak become the hero for this city. He is a menace. So Jonah's like, come with me, Parker. I'm going to show you a new project. Um, so... Uh, Jonah and Randolph Hines are working on this new thing called Mystery Vision. And Jonah's like, I've invented this character called Mysterio. He's he's essentially like a costume freak like the rest of them, but he talks the truth. He tells people what they need to know and he tells them now. This goes out on all the social medias. It goes out on TV. This guy is telling people what they need to know about the Avengers, about Spider-Man, about everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is like a BuzzFeed-style show being run by a comics-accurate version of Mysterio with the dome. Very cartoony. Right. Clearly a different suit to what we've seen earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. So whilst Pete, Pete is watching this video, which kind of feels like one of those anonymous threat videos, as it were, his spider sense is starting to niggle in his head. He's like, mm, something something about this doesn't seem right. I mean, obviously, I don't like the people of idea hating me, but something about this seems wrong. Because uh, Mysterio's calling out superheroes. He's like, and Spider-Man who let Captain America die and made Iron Man retire. You want to trust him to protect New York? All of this is false. Do not trust the spider. So says Mysterio. And that's the end of the broadcast. And he's like, Peter's asking Jonah, like, is this what we need right now? We had a space god essentially come to Earth and nearly kill everybody. And you want to tell them that's not the people they, need, they should, you know, trust. Jameson sort of expl- like explaining this is... This is the news. This is what we need to tell people. MJ walks in and absolutely agrees. Like, Mysterio is right. So Mysterio is telling people the truth, Peter. You need to realise that this is not what the world needs. You need to let the authorities take care of this. And it's like, MJ, what the hell are you talking about? Um, And then the mentor, Robbie Robertson, um, played by Daniel Kaluuya from um, Get Out. Okay, right. He's playing Robbie Robertson just because I think he's a great actor and I wanted to include him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, kids, you shouldn't take every anything as gospel you should always question everything you see even if you are the people making it right because he's because he's a mentor and he's cool as robbie's telling the kids to calm down explosions outside the bugle shit's going down shockers besieging a local hospital peter rushes out to the to the roof he hasn't got time to get the iron spider he can't call it in from stark the only thing he's got in his bag is the homecoming suit so he straps it on uh, like webs his stuff to the rooftop 
dives down. Inside the hospital, the staff, the patients are going crazy. They're beating up each other. They're shouting in each other's faces. They're mauling each other. And a green mist is rolling down the corridors. Um, so Mysterio and Scorpion are making the way through the labs. Like, you know, because they've got like medical supplies. Taking as many gas canisters as they can. As many acids as they can. Mm -hmm. And they're getting as much as they can. And they're taking it out into some black cars. Right. This is all happening the other side of the hospital. The front side of the hospital, Shocker is going mental. Uh, so Spider-Man swoops in and goes, hey, remember that time you threw me into a bus? One punch, bam, he goes flying into an ambulance. Yeah, it doesn't feel so good, does it? Oh, <laughs> we both made Shocker a bitch. He's like, don't, and, and like, he pulls him out of the, the ambulance because Peter's get because his spider sense is ticking off. He's getting a little bit erratic. He's like, don't worry, I can patch you up inside. Throws him into the back of the ambulance, nice. knocks him out. Well, for a while, right. anyway. He's going to get back up. Um... So Shocker starts, like, trying to escape. But Peter's, like, dragging him back with the webs. Like, no, -uh -uh, you come back here. But then Mysterio, we, should, we go to in back inside the hospital. Mysterio's, like, doing something. And Scorpio's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, he's, he rips open one of these canisters. The air starts coming out. And his gauntlets are golden. They're glowing. And he's doing crazy shit with his hands. The real Mysterio, by the way. And Scorpion's like, what are you doing? And he's like, a show. And you see a spell ring above the thing. Oh. So this all comes like, so he's enchanting the thing. And he's like, I've got a plan. So Peter's starting to get a massive pain in his head. Like, and it's, it's, it stops him from letting Shocker get away. And he's like, what is this? What is going on? Um, the green mist rolls out, in, uh, just outside the hospital, rolls out up to Peter's face. He breathes in, he starts choking, and he goes down to the floor. He's like, what is this? His head is pounding. As he looks up, the figure of Thanos is just striding across the thing. Mm -hmm. He's like, human, prepare to die. Um, Spider-Man is not okay with this. He starts freaking out. This is the guy who killed Captain America. He doesn't want to go one-on-one -on, -one on this guy. So Peter's going haywire. He swings a punch. And as he swings the punch, the vision of Thanos dissipates. He's like, what? Looks behind him, and it's a zombie Captain America. He's like, you killed me, Peter. You killed me. Peter then, like, swaps, like, looks out, out the way to see Tony Stark bleeding from the mouth, slit across the throat. You killed me, Peter. You killed me. You let me die. He's not okay with this. He turns around. Aunt May crying. Why did you do this, Peter? Turns around. MJ is dead on the floor. He's like, what is going on? He's a quivering wreck. Then for the first, this is the first time you see Mysterio full costume, big white, like glowing flame for a head, yep. purple cape. He's got these gauntlets, spell rings on the end of them, and like a green sash. Essentially, it looks like um, the ones from Doctor Strange. Right. It's from that area of the right. Marvel universe, and he comes storming out. And what he does, he essentially goes, Peter, fumph. Sorry, not Peter. He's like Spider Man, fumph. The spell ring gets bigger. It goes across the floor. And everyone who was trying to run away, all of the um, patients and doctors just stand to attention like that. Slowly turn to Peter and start running towards him. Peter's down on the floor because his headaches are so bad. And he's like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? They start swinging at him. He's got to start flipping away like, what are you doing? Like stopping the punches. It's like, please stop. I'm here to help you. And he's like, so Mysterio's like, 
Submit now, or I will take away everything you love. So, Peter's like, absolutely shook. Um, at this point, Mysterio projects himself large. And as he goes to slam it down, he's like, you have five days. I don't want to see the spider in this city anymore. Goes back to normal size. And he's like, one more thing. I'm taking your reputation. Turns around. The smoke dissipates. Shocker is dead in front of Spider-Man. Right. And I don't mean just like, oh, it's just a body. I mean he's in pieces. As in like, the, the gauntlets are on one side. The, the puffer jacket's on another. And the head of Shocker in the mask is sitting in front of Peter Parker. Everybody starts coming to, and they're like, oh, thank God we're okay. Holy shit, did Spider-Man just kill a guy? Like, straight up decapitate a guy. Mm-hmm. Peter's like, oh God, this isn't happening. This is not happening. He's like, somebody, he's like, somebody get an ambulance to this guy right now. Zips away. You go to the other end of the, um, the hospital. The trucks are starting to roll away. Gargan's like, where the hell, Shocker? Mysterio's like, his party's done. Get in the van. Right. Peter is absolutely mortified. That's your end of Act 2, by the way. Just okay, good. good. So back at school, people are really starting to talk about Spider-Man going rogue. The Daily Bugle and Mystery Vision show are starting to run the story that Spider-Man's a cold-blooded murderer. you can't be trusted. MJ is seriously against Spider-Man now. He's a murderer. I cannot trust the Spider-Man. So MJ and Peter get into an argument because Peter's like, Spider-Man's a force for good. You don't understand. You don't know him like I do. He's like, whatever, you don't know Pete, you don't know Spider-Man Peter, and you weren't there where he saved the people in DC. You don't know a single thing about him. Please give this up. Alright, I can't talk to you right now. So MJ storms off. Um so Pete Ned and Peter just have a talking private and Ned's like, I- I've got to ask, did you kill Shocker? He's like, I was disoriented. I don't know what I did, I don't know what happened, everything was so quick but I'm not a murderer. And Ned doesn't really trust him all that much, but he's like, I'll take your word, Peter. Going to a montage, Peter's trying to help people around the city and people are fighting back. It's like he's trying to help an old lady cross the road. She hits him with his stick. Like he tries to stop a robbery and the police are like, we've got this, stay out of it. Right. The city is rejecting Spider-Man and this sends Peter into like a fit of despair. He throws his costume in a garbage, like a garbage pail. And forgets mm-hmm. about it. He does the shot where he just walks away from the mask in the bin Spider-Man from Spider-Man no 2. Right. Spider-Man okay. no more. Um, so the news footage is showing that the opinion on Spider-Man is shifting. It's like WHIH is starting to running. Are people rejecting superheroes? Where does this leave Tony Stark? Are people going to... The stocks in Stark Enterprises just go straight down. Mm-hmm. It's like, do we need the Avengers anymore? Do we need a Spider-Man? Um, Mysterio and Jameson are appearing on interviews saying that Spider-Man's a menace. At home, MJ's tearing down newspaper clippings and a poster of Spider-Man, along with pictures of Peter, and putting him in the bin and throwing him out. She's like, I'm done with all this. At a diner, downtown New York, there's a guy in a cap, just looks up, it's Vulture. He's looking, he's eating, and he's like, this is wrong. Spider-Man's not a kid, he didn't kill me. Mm-hmm. This feels wrong. He gets up, immediately leaves the diner. Disillusioned with being Spider-Man, Peter's got his head into his old life. He's like, I just want to pass my finals. I just want to get to Empire State. I want to carry on working at the Bugle. It, this is all I have left. Spider-Man is no more. Jameson is absolutely thrilled that Mystery Visions is a huge success. But, you know, Peter kind of hates his job. MJ's not talking to him. Robbie Robertson comes and talks to Peter and consoles him, saying, look, you're a skilled young man. I realise that maybe you're lost. But once you find a purpose, you'll never lose sight of it. 
And Peter's like, I know that Mysterio's a threat. I know that something is wrong. I can't tell you how I know, but the guy that we're putting out there is a terrorist. Look, we can't keep running this stuff. Robertson's like, it does seem a bit weird, but for the money I'm getting for doing this, I can't really complain. Maybe Peter should just take the paycheck and build a better life. That's mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. We can't carry on trying to be white knights all the time. He's like, I did have a mentor. His name was Ben Urich, and he died doing what he believed in. I don't want this to happen to me. I don't want this to happen to you. Right. But that, that should have stopped Peter from believing he could be Spider-Man. But it kind of gives him pause. He's like, stuff kind of seems dire, but maybe I could turn it around. Go back to the Crash Triskelion's ship. Scorpion slams Shocker's arm onto the table. He's like, you let my friend die. And Mysterio's like, he was just a pawn. It's like, me and you are going to run this game as far as it goes. And I promise you, you will have the Spider-Man's head. Scorpion is absolutely pissed. He's not taking it anymore. Mysterio's like, just go along with the plan. Like, I don't want you to become a pawn. You're a good player. Um, Gargan's having none of it. He, he tries to lash him out. He like jumps into his suit, which is like slightly more upgraded now. It's got hints of green in it. Right. He, ju he jumps in the suit, wraps around him, pulls his he pulls his skin back, so he's got like this kind of snaky look. Yep. And he launches the the uh, stinger at Mysterio. Mysterio just like casts a spell ring, chucks it aside. He's like, you don't mess with me. This is what happens when you mess with me. Other spell ring. Rhino's under his control. He sends Rhino charging at Scorpion. They have a little scuffle. It's all fun, but then he's restricted. So, Rhino has got Scorpion pinned down. And he's like, and and uh, up, Mysterio floats. He can fly. Sweet. It's badass. He's like, I did not get where I am today by not being 100% in control. And you're not going to stop me because of some gang blood brother ties. I'm going to be the one who controls this game and this life. I will have control over New York City, then the United States, then the world. You will submit Casts a spell ring, hypnotizes Scorpion. So says Mysterio. Nice. Uh, so he's got Rhino and Scorpion completely under his control. Mm -hmm. He's ready to start the final plan. Peter, go home. He's talking to Art May and Ned. He's like, I, I gave up being Spider-Man. I can't do it. Ned's like, you shouldn't. I know that it's a good idea to maybe give it up for a while. But he's like, but I will miss Spider-Man. May's like, and May's silent throughout this whole thing that they're having and then like at one point she just like slams a coffee down the table and goes no Peter's like excuse me May's like you're being Spider-Man like this might get you killed this could be the most difficult fight you'll ever have in your life this could be the thing that ends your life but you're more than just Peter Parker now you are Spider-Man I've known it from the very second I saw you go off with Tony Stark that you were something special and then she's like, she hands him a photo book with pictures of um, him and Uncle Ben, played by Tobey Maguire. Nice, 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 nice. I saw that coming. And, nice. Yeah, obviously. And he's like playing dress up as the Avengers and as Iron Man. He's like, you've been a hero since you were three years old when you dealt with your parents dying and you took it so well and you've let it come up to this point. You're so strong, Peter, stronger than you'll ever know. And she, And she says... Life will always challenge us and scare us, make us feel small, but sometimes, and sorry, and sometimes it will take away the people we love, but we push on because inside of us lies a greater power for change. We have to make use of that for a better place. I'm pretty sure your uncle said something about that. Peter's like, I have to be Spider-Man. He's like, I know where the suit is. I'm going out tonight. 
So he goes by, picks up the suit, dusts, dusts off, has a fight with a raccoon, bit of comedy, why not? Nice. Peter goes to the bugle to call off his internship. He absolutely doesn't want to do this anymore. But he r- bumps into Randolph Hines and they exchange pleasantries. And like, what are you doing at the office so late? He's like, I had business, I've, I've got to gotta go. Um, Peter remarks, like, it's all, it's all a bit late. But he's like, where's Jameson? Robbie pipes up. Jameson's downstairs in the new studio. Just, you know, don't interrupt him, but he'll be out in a minute. Mm-hmm. Peter's like, sod this, I need to go and talk to Jameson right now. Goes down there, but his spider sense is absolutely, like, it's hammers in the back of his head. He's like, something's going on here. Out of Peter's vision, there's green gas rolling out of the vents. Um, And as he kicks the door down, we see the cartoonish Mysterio delivering a live message. Right. And talking about, it's time for the city to rise up against the heroes, rise up against the people who bring us pain and hurt and destruction, and say no more, so says Mysterio. Um, Peter's gobsmacked. He's like, Mysterio's here, oh God, because he doesn't know the difference. Mm -hmm. Launches at him, cracks the... Um, the fishbowl the fishbowl because it is the cartoonish one Jameson's in there nice not only is Jameson in there the inside of the helmet is rigged up with spell rings Ooh. so Jameson is under Mysterio's control right it's right, pretty right. rad and he's like what the hell is going on what's going on with Jameson he has to knock him out to get him out of the trance you cut to Randolph Hines on top of Hines Tower now earlier on We've mentioned that Hines is like this big media mogul. He's the one who brought Stark Terror mm-hmm. as they were shifting uh, stuff out in right. his stuff. So he's on top of that. There is a shitload of gas canisters and all this medical supplies. And he's like, it's time to do it. Cast a spell ring. All the gas rises up. He sends it shooting down to the city. You know the PS1 Spider-Man game? Yes. The city starts to look like that. Ooh. With all this gas rising up. Okay. On every single screen in the city... The real Mysterio is there. He's got a camera set up on this rooftop and he's delivering the message of Mysterio. So below, this gas is starting to send people completely insane. They have visions of the Avengers going nuts Mm -hmm. and just tearing the city to shreds. People can see monsters. People can see Thanos. People can see the Avengers just going to town. Some examples, Thor and Hulk... Um, are just tearing stuff up. So people are like, Thor and Hulk have gone rogue. Vision's gone bad. Sp- Iron Man's gone crazy. Spider-Man is a menace. Scorpion and Rhino jump in to further intimidate people because people don't know the difference between what's real and what isn't. And mm-hmm. they're causing some real destruction just having some fun. Overall, the stuff. Mystery Vision's on TV. The Age of Heroes is dead. They've betrayed you and they've made their demons your own. Sokovia, Berlin, Manhattan, all of these tragedies because... They bring destruction wherever they go, and soon they are coming for you to prove their point. They are unnatural, they are powerful, they should be feared. The only way to survive in this world of man versus gods is to believe in me. I can stop every single one of these. And as he swifts his hand like some of the visions are going away, and people are convinced and rising up and fighting the gas. Like, it's absolutely effectiveness, but Monsieur is making it look like they're winning. Right. He's like... I will show you the true meaning of power and order. I will be your salvation. So says Mysterio. Cut back to the office. Robbie comes in. And he's like, what the hell's going on? Peter's like, look, I need you to be quiet about this, okay? He's like, Peter, is that you under there? How do you know? Your voice, it's really obvious. Oh, shit, I didn't turn the voice changer on. All that. Um, but Robbie's like, something's going on outside. It's, it's not looking good. People are pledging their allegiance to Mysterio. They're fighting people. They're, there's blood in the streets, Pete. Uh, you need to do something. Gets a call from Stark. Parker, what the hell's going on down there? Don't worry, Mr. Stark. I've got this. I can sort this. And, and Stark's like, good, because I'm busy. Stuff's going on. Um, 
Spidey swings across New York. Actually, no, it's a lie. Stark's like, fine, I guess I can make a small window. There's a shawarma place downtown. Come meet me there. Okay, nice. So Paul Man swings downtown to go meet with the old shawarma joint on top of the roof. Um, and there's, it's crazy in New York. And Stark's just like, this is an absolute mess. I haven't seen this bad in over 10 years. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony's like, I have no nothing on the guy who did this. I have no idea who he is. Do you have any information? Peter's like, the, the good dude's called Mysterio. Uh, I, I know who it is. Um, Robbie told me that he isn't, he isn't who he appears to be. I know it's not Jameson. It's absolutely Randolph Hines. He's like, Randolph Hines is dead. He went missing years ago. Like, I used to work with Randolph Hines. There's no way it's him. Peter's like, hang on, I've got a picture. He finds the selfie, gives it to Stark. Stark's like, runs intel because he's in the Iron Man suit. He's like, okay, Friday, I need you to find out all the information you can on this. He's like, right, okay, this guy's name is Quinton Beck. Uh, he's he's an ex-magician. He got disenfranchised with a lack of recognition. He decided that the only way he could get people to notice him is to make people follow him. He joined this cult. Uh, he left Hollywood, came to New York, uh, and he started working for WHIH. And she's like, and that's all the info I have. We cut to a flashback, and we see uh, during the events of Doctor Strange, um, one of Kaecilius' followers right. drops their gauntlets. Right. Ra- um, Beck finds them, starts experimenting. He uh, tries using it on the real Randolph Hines to take over the company, ends up killing him. That's why he goes missing. Ah. But what he does, he essentially just brainwashes everyone he meets into thinking he's Randolph Hines. Right, right, right. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah, so that's what's happening. So spite, so things are set up like this. So it's like, okay, we know who we're dealing with. Ran, whoever Randolph Hines is, he's dead. That doesn't matter. The guy up there is called Mysterio. His name is Quinton Beck. We have to take him down. So Stark's like, by the way, you absolutely can't go down there. If you do, you'll start having visions. And if you don't have any visions, if say if your spider sense clears up, you're going to be fighting civilians and that can cause casualties. You need a new suit. Good thing I've been working on one. Stealth suit. Here you Ooh, go. Okay. Head down there. Do what you can. Spider-Man swings down. In front of him, Scorpion and Rhino in the costumes. They've gone crazy. The spell rings all over them. They're like, we will kill Peter Parker by any means necessary. So says Mysterio. Um, Rhino knocks him into a back alley. He's about to deliver a finishing blow. It cowers away, but then sort of like Rhino just sort of like staggers back and just like holding his head. Something struck his bone really hard. Spider-Man's like, what the hell? There's a red billy club on the floor over there. In swings Daredevil. Nice. Played by, of course, Charlie Cox. Um, so it's like Daredevil's like, look, I've had, look, do you need some help, Spider-Man? He's like, you're the devil of Hell's Kitchen. He's like, it looks like you've got other things to deal with up there. So maybe cut the chat out. I've dealt with guys bigger than this before. I can take him. Leave it to me. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man's like, yeah, maybe we should like hang out sometime, you know, like a neighborhood watch kind of thing. He's like, get going, Spider-Man. It's like, okay, see you, bye. Straight off. We stay with that scene a little bit longer as Daredevil's like about to go toe-to-toe with Rhino. Mm-hmm. Rhino's got like one of the canisters in his hand. He rips it up and he like chucks it and thump, all over Daredevil who doesn't flinch. He's like, what is wrong with you? Why aren't you going crazy? Haven't you heard? I'm a man without fear. <laughs> That's nice. Daredevil takes down Rhino, just 100% just knocks him out, leaves him tied, tied up in a chain. But then like people start flooding down. They're like, there's a masked one down there. Then I was like, this is a crazy night. Swings away. That's your Daredevil cameo. So Peter's trying to get up to Hines Tower, but he's stopped by Scorpion. Gargan's absolutely out for blood. 
And he's like, what happened on the Hudson? I want revenge. You and me, Spider-Man, right now. He doesn't get to finish that sentence because something flies past and takes out Scorpion. So I was like, was that who I thought it was? You just and like he's looking over the edge of a building where where this figure's gone and taken mm. Scorpion. In Vulture's talons, nice. Vulture like rises up. He's like, "Listen, kid, you're absolutely gonna die. Just let me do this. Like, <laughs> this is this is my fight. I'll take him out." Get the hell up there. Save the world. Save my family. Vulture flies off onto a roof, throws Gargan there. Gargan's like... And the Vulture's like, just leave the kid alone, Gargan. You don't want this. You've gone crazy. I don't know what's happened to you. I'm taking you down. This goes beyond you and me. He's the real hero. Scorpion's like, so you're going to back go back on all the work, Tombs? On everything? Tombs goes, times change, Gargan. It's time I change too. Ah, nice. <laughs> Vulture pulls Scorpion away. We cut back to Spider-Man, who's propelling himself up the tower like proper, like... Catapulting, cut yes. Catapult him. Lands on the roof. Mysterio's like, oh, great, the wall crawler's here. Spider-Man's like, you know, I've dealt with people bigger than you and uglier than you who wanted to rule through fear. Didn't work out for them. Um, and... St- sorry, hang on. Mysterio's like, this is absolutely far different from what you've dealt with. The people are on my side. I've been with them every step of the way. I'm in their phones. I'm in their TVs. I'm in their laptops, their tablets. I am everywhere. I've been telling them what to think, what to say. And they say that you're done, Spider-Man. And through them, I will have unquestioned rule. I'm the idol. I will not be out of the limelight anymore. This is the age of Mysterio. They go toe-to-toe. Mysterio's projecting himself like large, trying to hit him. But this time it's like solid and he's... Absolutely trashing the Stark building. Mm-hmm. Projecting him energy blasts through the gauntlets. And Peter's like, I've never dealt with anything like this before. But I'm pretty sure Mr. Strange was wearing that. This is all a bit weird. During the fight, Peter's believed that he's a tearing monolith. That doesn't work. Vulture throws Scorpion through the projection. Which like stops Peter from being attacked. He's like, focus up, kid. My family's counting on you. Fumph, off he goes. The mention of family gives Peter a flashback with Uncle Ben. So we get a proper scene with Tobey Maguire's Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. They're sitting down, uh, and it's just after the uh, funeral of his parents. And he's like, look, kid, I know, you know, anyone that you love or care about, me, your Aunt May, we're worth fighting for. You've got to be strong. Because, Peter, I know you've got a great power inside of you. But just remember that with great power comes great responsibility. I love you, kid. Now do me proud. Nice. But Spider-Man pulls out the vision. The pains have stopped. He's back. He is Spider-Man. So essentially he goes launching back at Mysterio. And Mysterio can go toe-to-toe with Spider-Man hand-to-hand. But Spider-Man is starting to overwhelm him. Um, And that's when Spider-Man webs up the gases. And he's like, no more tricks. One-on-one. Let's do this. The city belongs to... And Mysterio's like, the city belongs to me. He's like, no, the city belongs to the people. And I belong to them. Nice. Uh, meanwhile, Vulture and Gargan are going toe-to-toe still. Gargan's like, you're an absolute failure, Tombs. You, you're a coward. Tombs like, I'm not a coward. Let me tell you the scariest thing there is in this life. Being a father. I'm not going to let any maniacs like you exist in the same world as my daughter. Grabs Gargan, starts flying out over the Hudson River. And he's like, this, this is it. This is it, Gargan. You go in debt. Scorpion's tail goes straight through. Ooh. Fucking Vulture's out for the count. Right. They both go tumbling down into the Hudson Vulture dies a hero. Nice. Back of the tower, Spider-Man is just about to defeat Mysterio. Uh, he shatters the gauntlets, uh, lays a beat down on him, and he's saying, I'm not afraid to be Spider-Man anymore. 
And I'm not afraid of hurting people if they're going to hurt me. I'm not afraid of my power. I'm not afraid of death. And I'm no longer playing Mr. Nice Kid. He's like, he's like, you ever wonder what it feels like to get knocked out by an Avenger? Poomf! Kind of like that. <laughs> the Orberon Mysterio's head fades back and it shows, obviously, it's Hugh Laurie's uh, Quentin Beck. Mm-hmm. Just completely defeated. Uh, Peter calls Tony in um, and said, look, I need a shield pickup. I need you to take this guy to that big lockup place you've got in the sea or whatever. Um, Spider-Man saved the city. She'll swoop in and do a clean-up job, just helping people uh, come back to the senses, like handing out coffee and that, but they're also carting off all the crazy villains that have escaped. Um, then you get a little cameo from Mr. Coulson. It was like, I thought we were done with clean-up jobs like this. Like, and he's like on the phone, he's like, Tony, you owe me big time, seriously. Vulture and Scorpion are pulled out of the river. Scorpion is resuscitated. Who starts screaming and laughing like maniacally, and he starts singing, "Here come like into bitsy spider," because he's mental. Right, because I'm reclaiming that it was a good idea. Yes. Uh, but Vulture is pronounced dead, and from a nearby roof, Spidey's looking on with his mask off, and he's crying. So we're in the last part of the movie now. We find up on Adrian Toomes' funeral. The kids are there comforting Liz, who's come back to say goodbye to her father. Betty and Ned are going to look after Liz. Peter and MJ go take a walk. And MJ says, look, I'm sorry. I was wrong about Spider-Man. And I was wrong about this job. And I was wrong about what I was thinking. She's like, during the incident in Washington, during all this crazy stuff with the glowing guy, the only person I was wondering if they were okay is you, Peter. And I don't know why. It's like, And Peter's like, I absolutely forgive you because I learned something as well. She's like, And he's like, I'm not afraid anymore. I've only got one life. Toomsies was cut short by do, trying to do wrong and then trying to do good. And I know that I would do the same choice. Like I would go the same path. I would try to be better. And, and he's like, and I'm also not going to be afraid to tell people how I feel anymore. MJ's like, what do you mean? Peter leans in for a kiss. MJ stops him with the finger. She's like, yeah, making out in a graveyard's a bit weird, right? Not to mention it's totally disrespectful. She starts to walk off. Turns back. She's like, when you go to Empire Edge, don't chase too much tail. Gives him a little peck on the cheek. Because face it, Tiger, you just might hit the jackpot there. Nice. Go to Peter's graduation. May's watching in tears. Peter, MJ, Ned all get their stuff. They all have a little chat. It's all like uplifting audio of them graduating. Mm-hmm. Um, then May takes Ned and Peter home from the service. Uh, and they're talking. They're just making small talk over the radio. Uh, and then something comes in. There's a bank robbery going downtown. And May's like, I guess duty cut. You look back, Peter's already jumped out the window. And he's like pulling on the, like he's running down a corridor. The music starts swelling. um, And he's starting to get into costume. And he's like, whatever life holds in store for me. This is Peter doing a, like a monologue. It's like. Like a Tom Maguire type. Yeah, yeah, it's like whatever life holds in store for me. I will never forget these words. With great power comes great responsibility. This is my gift. And sometimes it's my curse. Who am I? I'm Peter Parker. Spider-Man swings at the camera, cut to black. Credits start start rolling. Meet credit stinger, Darren. So we go to a corrupt S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. uh, Agent Pollock from item 47. I'm bringing him back. Uh, He's played by... I've got to go up ten pages. Excuse me a second. He's played by Jesse Bradford. It's the same guy from item 47. Uh, and I liked him, so I decided to make him this corrupt agent. And he's dealing with this guy, this shady businessman. You want to see him from the back. He's like, this is it. This is all I could get my hands on. And I don't know why you wanted this stuff so bad. You saw how badly it went for Beck. But either way, it wasn't easy to slip past me. So you'd absolutely better get my money on time. 
Um, so you see some remains of Mysterio's toxins, like pieces of his gauntlets. They're moved into a research facility in sealed containers. Then this suave voice is like, I know you've had a history of transporting this kind of tech, if illegally, Mr. Pollock. Trust me, you found the right buyer and you can expect the money in the next few days. Thank you again. Turns, starts walking away. Now, in the lab, we see a bunch of stuff in these weird containers. There's some black liquid moving sporadically behind a thick wall of glass. Mm -hmm. We see a wall of very brightly green and orange-coloured weapons. Uh, and then we see a half-constructed glider. And then the guy turns around. Um, oh, Mr. Osborne! Turn around, Kevin Spacey. Oh, okay. Forgive me, but you never mentioned why you wanted this junk so badly. Osborne turns back around. And he's got like this container of gas and it's still glowing. It's got the spell rings on it. And he looks at it and he goes, I didn't. But if you have to know, I guess you could say I was a little bit green with envy. Big grin on his face. Cut to black. Roll the rest of the credits. Okay. End credits, Darren. Mm -hmm. Peter Parker, Tony Stark and Matt Murdock are at the shawarma place, just silently eating. Stark's just looking at Daredevil. Puts his shawarma down. And starts waving his hand in front of his face. He goes, four fingers, Mr. Stark. He's like, damn it, you have to tell me how you're doing that. <laughs> Cut to black. Okay, I like that. That is my version of Spider-Man Graduation. Very quickly, little caveat at the end. I've also thought of a sequel idea, but I didn't fully develop it. My sequel's called Spider-Man Alma Mater. It focuses on Peter and Harry Osborne's relation, uh, like being rivals at college. Uh, in that movie, I also want to introduce back cat and female chameleon and i'd also want to do a crossover with human torch i want human torch from final, Fan uh, final fantasy from fantastic four uh, to be peter's friend okay. at college um it would be a fallout because you do the black suit storyline from mm -hmm. avengers 5 secret invasion yep you properly introduce norman osborne played by kevin space's green goblin uh, i didn't think about casting for harry osborne because he doesn't appear That's in my movie fine. so we'll cast him later uh, i want green goblin to kill tony stark okay i want this to push peter to his limits be Osborne to a pulp in the black suit. And then he's like, oh God, I nearly killed a man. I need to get this suit off me. Mm -hmm. uh, the symbiote transfers to Harry, who's right. like, well, you just brutalized my dad. This isn't cool. Also, I hate you from college. You're a dick. So you get that version of Venom. Uh, my fights would include Vice, Spidey versus Black Cat, Spidey and Black Cat versus Chameleon, uh, Spidey versus Goblin twice. The final fight would be Spidey versus Venom, which is interrupted by Goblin. You end the movie with the formation, not of the Sinister Six, but of the Dark Avengers. You'd have Goblin as a Dark Iron Man, Venom as a Dark Spider-Man, Mysterio as a Dark Doctor Strange slash Thor, Scorpion as a Dark Captain America, Rhino as a Dark Hulk, and a female chameleon as a Dark Black Widow. Boom. Right. Phew. That was a lot. Was it not great, though? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Have I convinced you that Mysterio is a viable villain for this series? That was a very good take on Mysterio, I'll give you that. I mean, I don't really like Hugh Laurie, if I'm being just brutally honest. I'm not a fan, but well, I, 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 I see I, I like to from. keep a Brit in there. I like to keep a Brit on the good roles. Okay, I, I see where you're coming from. Um, I think again, you've just mapped that out a lot more than I did. Um, I think positives for yours. Yeah. It feels much more in keeping with the tone of um of homecoming um i thought the horror stuff of kind of the dismantled shock and stuff that maybe didn't suit the tone perfectly okay that was a bit jarring for me i was like that that that's like, that's the goriest stuff we've ever seen in the mcu in a spider-man movie that felt a little 
A little. My rebuttal to that would be the Harry Potter movies got darker as they went on, and those were for kids. Okay, good point. Good point. Um, it just feels like it's a bit of a jump from. What's the most violent thing we see in in Homecoming? It's not really much violent, and then all of a sudden we have a decapitated shocker. Yeah, I mean, a bundle. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, but but it but makes you believe that Mysterio is fucking crazy, like in control, but crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's what like, I wanted to take like the showmanship thing from him and turn it into horror. I think, cause, Very good idea. Because kids like to be scared. Yeah. I think the kids do like to be scared. Sure, I like how you managed to get Scorpion into the tech suit, and I'm kind of annoyed I didn't think of that. Um, but no, that was that was very, very good. I, I was kind of, I was hoping to say at the end of it, I'm glad we both avoided doing Norman Osborn. Uh, you, you had him at the end. Uh, sorry, when I... Because when I, recently we watched Baby Driver, and I'm like, yeah. hmm... Calm, collected, suave... Oh, he's a Norman Osborn. He's, he would totally... And he's the same age to play off Tony Stark as like okay. a dark parallel. That's good. I think it's a good idea. I'd still have Cranston. Yeah, Cranston was in my head. To yeah. be fair, the other choice I had for um, Jay Jonah before I settled on John Hamm was actually Gary Oldman. <laughs> right. Because okay. I was like, okay, we'll do the ultimate trade-off of this guy's uh, Jay Jonah and now uh, Commissioner, Commissioner Gordon, Gordon then we take Commissioner Gordon and make him Jay Jonah but John Hamm was just like you need like the Mad Men thing's hell but he needed the new media type I, I was just need to say something about John Hamm yeah he fucking hates superheroes and said he would never do a superhero movie mm. finito he calls really? him a piece of shit and he would never do anything that would require him to be signed up to something. But at the same time, much like the Tobey Maguire cameo, you roll up Disney money. You're like, okay, yeah, money can, money John, can we need you for two movies. Just come in, please. I think you told a bigger story than I did. And and uh, a lot of moving parts in there, but it did stick together pretty well. I have very little in the way of, in the way of negatives. Um, I, I think... I, I had a pretty good thing. My, my theme was, obviously I wanted to do The Man Spider. Yeah. Uh, in an ideal world, I wouldn't have used Scorpion. I would have used the Lizard. But I thought we're just too close to the Amazing Spider-Man 1. Yeah. We've seen the Lizard before. Because in my original Spider-Man 4 pitch, it was essentially that. But I went more down the Man-Spider route, in which at some point, Peter Parker becomes Man-Spider with the whole spider head and the fucking scary shit. And Craven all of a sudden becomes the hero for a brief scene <laughs> yeah. where he's fighting both Lizard and Man-Spider at the same time. I've changed that a little bit just again because I thought we've done Kurt Connors. We don't want to do that. Scorpion can fill that role. Yeah. Just about. I was. It was interesting to me that you didn't make Craven a villain at any point. Well, I, I wanted him to be like he's a, he's a game hunter. He's morally grey and then and then goes good at the end, which was which I thought was a bit weird considering that that. With I have a main criticism of yours. It's an overabundance of villains. I think whereas I kept yeah. it very trim. Thinking yeah. like you go three maximum because last time we had more than three got very messy. That's very, very true. Well, I, I don't. Well, this thing, the mafia people. That like, you could do Tombstone and Tombstone, Kingpin, Hammerhead. They're only in two, two, maybe three, three scenes total. True. I wasn't sure about Kingpin. I gotta say, right, especially as Kingpin is the head honcho of the Sinister Six. It was an interesting take, but I don't know whether it would I work as well. I felt he would be the one to bring them all together, just because it doesn't. Because we haven't had time to put Norman Osborn in there for yeah. him to do that. Because your six doesn't contain Goblin or Ark. No, with who inevitably I am would be the leaders. Never doing Ark. Let's just make that abundantly fucking clear. Yeah, I would not touch because it's impossible. The task for smarter minds than me. 
my Sinister Six at the moment would be a chameleon hellbent on revenge for his brother being killed. I fucking hate the chameleon at the best of times, but you need a kind of stealthy guy in there. They can't all be fucking fire and blood. Uh, Vulture. Um, motivations would need to be clarified on that one, I admit. Uh, who else is in there? Shocker. We'd have him. Um, we would have Scorpion as your kind of go nuclear option. Tombstone is a very big dude, played by oh, Terry yeah. Good, so he can easily be in there, and then that leaves your sixth spot open to introduce a new person. Into I thought there. that was great, but Black Mariah and Gal basically did nothing in your story. I love Ron Perlman as Hammerhead. Love that casting choice. So Tombstone and uh, Hamhead, I can 100% get behind. Gale and and Black Mariah, I kind of just wanted them there because it felt like that would be just a more of a cameo appearance. They're not meant to be big characters. They're just there to be like... It would be weird if Black Mariah, who's clearly now a mafia boss, isn't there. Mm. So that's why I put it. Same thing with Gale. It'd feel a bit empty if Gale... Or Sigourney Weaver wasn't there, but I don't know if they're going through the Defenders, but yeah. Yeah, we we can't defend... Say anything about the defenders? It's not. Yeah. Well, we can cut that back too, because when we had when the Joker's taken on the mafia, there's basically the Russians um, um, gamble, and then uh, third, uh, the the Italians there. Yeah. Italians, Russians, and the African Americans. You can cut that back and just have Hammerhead, Kingpin, and Tombstone. That's fine. We could do that. Um, I don't know. I think you run the risk of really treading on Daredevil's territory. But, but, that's but you got Daredevil in there, which is why I was like, I was hell-bent on getting Daredevil into a scene. And I'm like, we Daredevil. I'm like, who can he fight? Not Scorpion, that's like nothing he's ever faced. No. It's got to be Rhino, because he's not fighting Mysterio. That's Spider-Man. Fighting a big dude, okay, yeah. Um, I loved the whole puberty metaphor of Spider-Man Spider. That's what I wanted the most. I was like, it's it's a it's a key theme. Spider-Man is defined by being perpetually a teenager. Yeah, so. that, I tried, to, in my story, doing, doing the whole Spider-Man is defined by his inadequacies. Yes. Um... One little thing I had about the Spider-Man Spider, though, because you, you didn't have them as fully spider arms or you didn't have them as fully human arms. I don't want to be lewd, but the idea of fleshy tendrils, I don't particularly want Spider-Man with four penises on his back. No, but they're not... Like... I, I know, but you get what I'm saying, right? right? We, we can change the concept a little bit. Around. Again, this was re- in one night I sat there and wrote this bash out based on my old Spider-Man 4 thing. We've time to neaten and do the fucking... St- and again, let's point out which one of us at university took a screenwriting fucking yeah, that's course. True. So you have a bit of a distinct advantage in this area. <laughs> they wouldn't be... They'd be like... Because this thing, I thought, I don't want to have him with six arms. You could do the body horror storyline. That'd be fun, though. Like, it's you get a bit Cronenberg in there. That'd be badass. Well, that might be a bit too far. That might be too far removed from Spider-Man Homecoming. I think you can push the boundaries, though, because he's, this is post-Infinity War. This is the start of Phase 4. Why mm-hmm. not go with a stronger message? But it also felt he'd be... Because then you've got to hide the arms, yeah. for the most part. Te- like, little... Little... Like, they're the size of his arms, but they're just tendrils. You can wrap them around his body pretty easily, take them down, put the puffer jacket on, and you can forget about them. You can't walk around for a bloke with four arms wrapped around his stomach <laughs> yeah, true. and not think something's wrong with him. Yeah, that would be difficult for yeah. the plot, I admit. And I, and I wanted to put him in, because again, it's all, the, it's all the puberty allegory. He doesn't want to show any of the people in his life what's happening because yeah. he's embarrassed of what's happening to his body. Um, plus, yeah, I really felt, and I wanted to go down because you've kept it very simple with the with the love thing of, of MJ and pushing that towards a traditional Mary Jane setup. But I felt it's, it's just because I'm I'm just in love with the ending of the original Spider Man movie. Maybe not the I love you so much, Peter. No, like that's bullshit. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but I I I wanted to change it up a little bit because we've we've always had it with Spider Man with the one person. Spider Man three kind of tried to throw Gwen in there, but it didn't work. Yeah. This is why I introduced um, Felicia Hardy into things. But there we go. Black Cat can be a member of the... Of the... I did want to try and fit a, a new like Spider-Man 
like counterpart in there, but like there was no room because for them. Because she knows that Peter Spider Man. That was what she was doing with the Hello Kitty fan, which is just a bit cute for me. Is that she is? When you said Hello Kitty fan, I thought you were going Deadpool. I was like, don't do no. this. She is. She's a thief. We know that from the comic books. And she, her dad is also a thief. They're out tracking all of this equipment. She pings the Avengers security scanner pretty quickly figures out it's Peter and he's trying to get him that's why she's like come back to my place yeah. so that he can pass out on the bed she can rummage through his shit and find this thing he never lets it go though he always has it on unless in a moment of like forgetfulness he throws it on his bed and has to dive out the fucking window you have to remind me does Tony Stark play much of a figure in your not movie? at all Ah, see, I kept, I'm keeping I kept, the mental thing in there. I like that. I really did. But I didn't know... I didn't want to plan too much into what was happening in the Infinity War movies. So I made this kind of sans them. There's no real... There's none, really, other than introducing Spider-Sense in those movies. They play no real role in mine. Yeah. Yeah, you can punch more holes in mine than, than I can. Because yours, other than a bit of a tonal problem with the horror stuff, I really like what you did with, with Mysterio. I think it might be lacking a, 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 maybe one more action scene. I know you're spunking it all at the end there, and you've got the hospital scene there, but... The hospital scene is, like, my absolute, like, trademark. Like, this is... I want Mysterio to be scary. Because he's, he's always been really campy. Yes. And I'm like, this would work, but we do the campy Mysterio with hypnotised J. Jonah, which I fucking love that idea, by the way. Yeah. Uh, this was... I, I didn't mention this because I didn't want to give the game away. Um, my script was based off a three-part comic from, like, 87 called Media Blizzard. Right. Uh, where Mysterio took over a news station and told everybody it's the end of days, there's a blizzard coming, and hypnotised everyone to thinking it was the day right. after tomorrow. Okay. And he it didn't. It's just to show that Peter's weak as hell and he can turn people against him. I thought that idea was genius. That's really good. That is very, very oh, good. Mate, Meanwhile, I was, I was stewing so much and I was like... Mm. I was looking at Craven's Last Hunt and thought, it's ultimately a fucking grim thing to do. Yeah. And I wanted my Craven... This thing, I didn't have time to flesh him out as much as I would have done had I had time to write the fucking magnum opus you did. Sorry. No, no, it's good. That's a compliment. What I'm saying is I would have had him more as like... Because he's giving away... It's clear that he's not in for the money. He's giving away that money to like homeless shelters and fucking orphanages. I didn't want to specifically say that because it seems pandering, but... He's giving away that money. He's someone that's just... He has no purpose in life anymore the, the, than taking down these superhero powers. The line about, I wanted my last one to be memorable, that is your killer app. That's beautiful. That was so good. Better than Bye Felicia. Yes, by, that can fuck off. If that ended my Spider-Man movie, I would be so Doesn't pissed off. does the end of the media credits singer. Ron Swanson as Jameson. N- no. No, he's too, he's too reserved. Offerman's known for like... Not acting up as as of image, it's beautiful, but as an acting, well, I, I wouldn't have okay, gone for it. The same point. I genuinely would have gone Gary Oldman over that. You either. don't want to do a J.K. Simmons tribute. No, that's the ultimately kind of... you're not gonna. This is I why think... I veered so far off the beaten path with Hunt John Ham because I'm like, you need to, you can't do J.K. again. I, I felt I was going a bit too far away from the comedy. Was not really making Craven funny. And stuff. I mean, and, not, and having Terry Crews in a non-comedy role. Yeah. I mean, Perlman can be his usual cigar-chomping smiley self, and that can get some laughs as Hammerhead, but no. So I thought, you, you include Nick Offerman, and then your sequel, you've got Nick Offerman to play off of. That's fucking great. Plus, I want Nick Offerman and stuff. Yeah, he's cool. I basically pick from TV a lot. I've gone to the <laughs> Americans and Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine-Nine to kind of take my people. Jesus. Um, right. 
we have talked for a very long time. Yeah, this is a, I'm sorry I took ages, but that is my magnum goddamn opus. Hopefully, when we do this podcast again, we won't be talking for 10 hours trying to get a pitch across, unless we have a good idea again. Yeah, yeah. I- I'm feeling that when we do the eventual Pitch the Fantastic Four reboot mm. episode, th- that'll be fun. That'll be fun. But we both care about Spider-Man a lot more than we do anyway. This this was a big one for me. We both wanted, We both have taken the two big... Also, Villains very quickly, that... you don't know how close I came to putting Bruce Campbell in there as Mysterio, but if it went too campy, yeah. I went, you get the reserve guy. Okay. Hugh Laurie is the smart man's choice. That makes sense. We both wanted... I think we this is both heart projects where I've always wanted to have my Craven movie. You've always wanted to have a Mysterio movie, so we read well there. But we want to know what you think. This is this was part of this was just this fantasy booking again to enjoy that for a little bit. Please do let us know in the comments, in on Twitter, Facebook, however you want to get to us, which one of us you thought did the better job? Feel free to punch holes in them and improve them. Even submit your own and we'll read through them as well. But yeah, whatever feedback you have and which one you felt did the better job, let us know. Alright then, guys. Go and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, Mind. You can go and uh, subscribe to us on iTunes as well. We're on YouTube with these podcasts now as well. All under the guise of Foul Entertainment or Fowley NT. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. Follow me personally on Twitter at ThatMikeOwen. Also on Instagram. Hit me up with your ideas feedback, thoughts, get in touch, guys. Darren? You can follow me on Twitter at the Guthridge. You can also go check out my Instagram at DazzleTheG. Um, this has been the first episode of Pitch Intense, but we do have many, many ideas rattling around for future episodes of how we're going to do this. We aren't just going to keep it with superhero movies. We'll branch out into other movies. We'll do video games. We'll do TV shows. The works. But yeah, let us know what you think on our new show. And uh, we'll be back very soon. We hope to have a Planet of the Apes review up very, very soon. We have a Dunkirk review up on the site as well. There's a new episode. I've got to cast them all out as well, guys. You can go listen to that. We're talking about the absolute shite fest that was Pokemon Go Fest. Which I also feel like I've now got a gypsy curse because Niantic must have heard me because Pokemon Go has not worked for me this week. Amazing. It's just completely kaput. I go near my campus and the guy literally stops outside my campus <laughs> like, and nope. doesn't clock on until I get back to my desk on Wi-Fi. He's like, no, I ain't going in there. No, fuck off. <laughs> um, so that's fun when I'm trying to catch a Moltres. Oh, Christ. Anyway, please do go listen to that and all. Please do go listen to that and everything else we have to offer. Thanks very much for listening, guys. See you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.